Hey, this is Dave. This is Tim. And this is Dave and Tim. No, okay. and Dave. I got Tim and Dave. I, yeah. Yeah, okay. This, well, we should testing. actually add that into the show. Hello, everyone. Hey, guys. This is Tim. And this is Dave. This is Tim and Dave. The topic. All right. Come okay. Up. It's just that we both have opinions, and just we just got to deal with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, David. I mean, you know that I'm pretty. I do. I guess I'd say skeptical about a lot of free verse poetry. Yeah. I yeah. mean, there's a lot of good stuff. A lot of the you know early roma- early romantics did some good stuff. Well, you know, Wordsworth, um, Coleridge. What they had e- some good what about free e. verse. E. Cummings. He's kind of free e. verse. E. Cummings. He's okay. Um, he's definitely free verse. He does a lot of stuff with like capitalization and whatnot. I think that's what I. He's do. okay. Yeah, I think that's what I. Appreciate. He had the one. Um, the one good poem I liked, Everyone Lived in a Pretty How Town. Hmm. It's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, currently, I'm reading uh, Milk and Honey by Rupi Carr, and yeah. I just finished um, Memories Unwound by Ruby Dahl. If anyone's interested in like modern free verse poetry with kind of like a feminist spin, I definitely recommend going into those two. Personally, I liked Milk and Honey by Rupi Carr way better. I think it's bad. I don't think it's good <laughs> at all. Okay. Hear me out, though. I okay. feel like... I don't know... It's, the way poetry works in my mind is that if it, if it jives with your spirit, it jives with your spirit. You Oscar I mean? Wilde said all bad poetry stems from genuine feeling. Fair enough. All right. I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess until you contextualize that in an artistic way. But I don't know. I just feel like it's just one of those things where it's really personal. Like with Rupi Carr, I can like I feel what she's saying. Like I wish I could like say some of the verses that she has here, but don't want to infringe on any copyrights. Is um, poetry really copyrighted like that? Yes. Can you really not yes. speak it you over the airwaves? You cannot, no. There must be some kind of fair use. Um, no. I okay, all up. right. Well, point is, the point is... It's, it's all the better for her, for our listeners. <laughs> you, <laughs> you don't want to hear this stuff. It's great. No, I, it's I, like, I, I like... It's to... very platitudinous. It's very trite. It's like I can imagine reading these poems on like the slips inside of... Uh, Fortune cookies. Well, the well, it's fortune it's cookie interesting. Poetry. Ruby Carr got her start from uh, posting, writing for fortune cookies. No, for, she she wrote poetry, drew a picture, and put it on Instagram, and she just became like an Instagram poet. Sounds like 2017 to me. It, her stuff is viewers. I mean, listeners, listen. I'm telling you, like, it's a really great read, you know, um, and it has pictures in it, and I like it. And I guess the reason why I didn't so much like Memories Unwound by Ruby Dahl was because there weren't any pictures in it. Mm, yeah, n- nope, not enough pictures for you. You need your pictures with your poetry. All right, you know what? Uh, what's, who's, Shel Silverstein, was that Was that a guy? I That's have a no guy? idea who he, you're he wrote, talking He wrote about. that the book about the poem with the circle, keep it on, keep on rolling. Okay. He had he was a great poet, okay? I'm just saying. Okay, so basically you judge your poets by um, what the pictures next to the words <laughs> look like. Uh... <laughs> No, uh, I like uh, William Blake. William Blake does some pictures. I like William Blake. He's yeah. uh, he was sort of a precursor to the Romantics. Yeah, yeah. Um, very uh, very much a social poet. Mm-hmm. So I like a lot of his stuff. A lot of his stuff um, focuses on the urban poor in you know the late 1700s. Yeah, and I think I think too though. Like I was never really a big Poe person. Like I know there's like people that are really into Poe. Yeah, I was never into Poe. You know who really really liked Poe? Who? Charles Baudelaire. Who the hell is that? You don't know. You know Charles Baudelaire. Like oh yeah, Sir sorry. Dumal, oh yeah, yeah. We hung out with him last week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. You know that boy. <laughs> he was over at my place last week. We were, we were drinking some Heinies. Playing some Satigo. Oh, oh yeah, playing some Risk. He got Kamchatka. 
<laughs> no, but who, who? But no, you know Baudelaire. You you were oh, really into that Baudelaire, anime. Flower, Baudelaire, Flowers of yeah, Evil. Flowers of Evil. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. he really, really liked Poe. He was a major Poe translator for Europe. Go figure. How she's the we- oh, that's another great one. You know, Baudelaire was. Oh yeah, Baudelaire. So good. Uh, uh, Albatross, one of my uh-huh. favorites. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I, I, Gosh must, darn it! He, copyright infringements. I would love. Oh to, no no no! All like Baudelaire. That's got. That's no. There's I'm, no copyright. Yet. I'm almost positive that's copyright. I'm pretty positive you can just go ahead and say whatever Baudelaire poem you want. All right, Tim. You know what? I swear, if it's not public domain, then I just feel like uh, we're gonna have to just. They deal. can just sue us. Yeah, sue like us, huh? No, I dare you. <laughs> no, uh, listeners, we did actually look this up, and supposedly Charles Baudelaire. Certain translations are in the public domain. So I want to take this short segue into reciting one of my most favorite poems of all time. Do it. Go ahead. It's called "The Albatross." Often to amuse themselves, the crew of the ship would fell an albatross, the largest of seabirds, indolent companions of their trip, as they slide across the deep sea bitters. Scarcely had they dropped to the plank than these blue kings, maladroit and ashamed, let their great white wings sink like an oar dragging under the water's plane. The winged visitor, so awkward and weak, so recently beautiful, now comic and ugly, one sailor grinds a pipe into his beak. Another limping mimics the infirm bird that once could fly. The poet is like the prince of the clouds, who haunts the storm and laughs at lightning. He's exiled to the ground and its hooting crowds. His giant wings prevent him from walking. It's a great poem. It must be read in French, though. I, um, I love the last verse in French. Le poète est semblable au prince des nuées qui hante la tempête et se rit de l'archer. Exilé sur le sol au milieu des ouées, ses ailes de géant l'empêchent de marcher. A gentleman and a scholar, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. <laughs> but uh, I mean, all poetry, you, you can, it's not possible to maintain the value of poetry in translation. You can translate verse, I'm sorry, you can translate prose. Right. Like novels and short stories and whatnot, for sure, and pretty much get all of it. You're always going to lose something, but you can get most of it. No. But I mean, with poetry, you lose almost all of it in translation. That's not to say, like in English, you can read that poem and appreciate it, right? Because the content is still the content; it's still good. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to poetry, so much is the particular words, the particular assonance of the sounds, right? Right. And you really lose a lot of it in translation. No, it's true, and I feel like in a lot of ways, I think that's what the most difficult process is in translation: is trying to keep to the heart of what the message was in its aesthetic beauty. Like a message yeah. is obvious, you know what I mean? It's about a forlorn individual who who's just been mistreated by the by the brutes of society, etc., etc. Well, you I, know mean, what I mean, the albatross, the real. I guess, core meaning of the poem is that, okay, you have the albatross in the sky in its own place. Right. And, you know, the um, analogy with that is the more spiritual realms of an artist. Right. He has these giant wings and it helps him in the sky For to sure. fly and be um, magnificent and whatnot. Mm. But when he's on the ground, analogous to, you know, regular society with right, regular right. people, right, right. The, his giant wings do the exact opposite. For sure. He's ail de géant, l'empêche de marcher. Right, his right. giant wings keep him from walking hmm. in the sky the giant wings help him fly you know the spirit of a poet when he's writing it helps him realize his art but in normal situations he can't 
walk as it is. He can't live normally among the crowd. Well, speaking of flying, Tim, let's talk about the airlines. No, oh, yeah. No, 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 no. no, 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 no you know, no, American not, Airlines, they were in hot water this week. <laughs> no, Apparently, promise- they were transporting Hitler's bones. <laughs> Hitler's bones. We're not doing this again. Okay, no, no, um, more, no more airline travel. But, uh... So, regarding airlines in general and just vacationing, uh, one of the big news stories this week, actually, was about a bill that was passed, I believe, in the House. That was that a said, great segue. Go ahead, David. Yeah, that I, was great. Every week I do it. I'm it was amazing. great. I'm impressed. Uh, so, it's not great when you point it out, though. I mean, now it's not No, great. no, no. Now, maybe some people didn't realize it. Oh, well, everyone, that was a segue. I hope you look it up. It's it was not... a great segue. Uh, anyhow. S-E-G-U-E, not W-A-Y. Go ahead, David. Right. Thanks, Professor. Um, so, Anyhow, uh, the the new bill that was passed by the House uh, stipulates that if you are getting um, time worked, okay, so working overtime, you then have the option with your employer to decide whether you want to get paid time and a half or get compensated in vacation days. Oh, now, boy, the option, huh? Yeah, the option. You know, I think, when, I think when, when the... you have an option at work, you know, it's, it's always optional. <laughs> yeah, right? right, right, exactly. It's always on the up and up. So I, I think here, here's, here's what my bone of contention is with this. First off, yes, okay, the fine print does state that, yes, the employee will decide whether they want not they want to get paid time and a half or they want to get paid vacation day, mm-hmm. okay? Now, that's, that's all fine and well and dandy, but as Tim... As you're obviously insinuating in the workforce, your options are limited uh-huh. to what you yes. are allowed to choose, of even if it's in your right to. And it's built upon uh, intimidation and oh, yeah. worker abuse. Now, to be fair, we should be on the up and up about this bill. What it stipulates, as far as my understanding, right. is, okay, so you say, all right, I'm not going to get paid the time and a half. I'm going to bank it as paid time off. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously the worry is people can be pressured to choose the paid time off right. instead of the overtime pay. Right. So that maybe you're working 50 hours a week, mm-hmm. but your paycheck is only getting 40. For sure. And maybe you want that extra $10 exactly. in overtime. Exactly. But your employer, you know, sort of subliminally, not overtly, but everyone knows what's going on, yeah. pressures you to taking the paid time For off. For sure. For sure. Now, what it stipulates is that Within 13 months, you have to take the paid time off or they have to pay it out as overtime. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's not as if there's a real risk of you losing that time off right. or that pay. Right. But obviously with that um, option there, you know, supposedly for you, the worker, but in many cases, I'm sure, what will really be the option for what the employer would prefer. For sure. You still get less choice. You're going to get that time off or that pay eventually, that's for sure. But it really runs the risk of you losing your choice as to what you get and when. And, and that's what really irritates me, too, because I, I, I'm so, just so sick and tired uh-huh. of just just this this culture of of workers being abused and used in, in, Tell in, us in American society. I'm just Tell saying, us, Marx. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm so... Let's uh, hear it, with, Kropotkin. Not necessarily with this current administration, but it's, it's definitely been exacerbated. But, you know, the assumption, first off, that... Oh, take a vacation day. Have some time off. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Some people can't even afford to even take a vacation because, A, one, they don't have the money to actually go on vacation to uh-huh. any place yep. other than sitting on their couch. Yeah. And two, they need the actual overtime to pay for the things that they have to pay Yeah, off. and you know, a lot of employers have um, irregular schedules, right? Exactly. People want a regular schedule, but especially in lower wage jobs, right, right, they right. don't offer it. So you can easily say, okay, maybe you're working fast food. Right. It's a busy week. Your boss says, hey, we got to have you work another 10 hours. But 
you know, they can't say it, but you, everyone knows what's going on. For sure. You're not going to get that in your paycheck. You're mm. going to quote unquote choose the paid time off. Right. Okay. When do you get that paid time off? Maybe in three weeks when they weren't going to schedule you anyway. Exactly. So, so you don't get any, so on net, you didn't get anything out of it. No, not at all. Now, mind you, you are going to get paid. What, like, You're going to get your paid time off, yeah. but maybe in some cases during times when you, you know you weren't going to be scheduled anyway. Right, exactly. And then instead of just saying, okay, you're not on the schedule for that week, mm-hmm. they're just going to say, oh, this is your quote-unquote paid time off. Right, exactly. But you're still going to get paid for not going to work that day. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you're, you're still getting paid. I think I think what the problem is, is, is that we know how this system works, okay? And honestly, so when you get paid for that vacation day, technically you're not getting paid that time and a half. Yeah. So uh-huh. really you're, you're working – that additional time, uh, you're overworking your body for no reward other yes. than that uh-huh. extra piece of vacation time. I just honestly just give the people their dang money that they freaking earned. Okay, uh-huh. yeah, yep. they're working their butts off. Stop trying to squeeze out anything more than you possibly can. Like, how many other ways? How many other possible ways can this country regulate means to which forces workers to be indentured servants? I mean, I'm just is it is it is it is it, is it such a crime? Is it such a crime to 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 just be able to work and live comfortably in America. You're, you know, you follow the rules. You go to work. You get, you do your job, and then they're just going to be like, you know what? We're going to take this away from you, yep. and this away from mm-hmm. you, and this. And it's like I, I see because you know I don't. For this specific bill, it doesn't reflect anything that's going to affect me personally. I'm salaried, okay? So uh-huh. I'm, <laughs> I'm already oh, working sixty to you. hours listen a week. To you. I'm already working sixty hours a week. And me, I'm I work a good twenty-five. Yeah, okay. Your, your job's a cake job, Tim. Yeah, but you know, but I, I knew what I was getting myself into while working in this position. So this, this bill does not affect me so much. What hurts me though is that I know people who will be affected by this type of bill, and that just, just to a point where it's like, I can't physically or do anything purposefully to change what's happening other than just show my utter non-support for these types of things. I feel like it's like, oh, this doesn't affect me. I shouldn't care. Uh-huh. If you start thinking that way, the world's just going to deteriorate. That's I hate- some good good class consciousness, David. I just no, but that, I, no, that's what it is. Class consciousness. What, well, the, well, the feel. You know, honestly, like here's the way I feel about it. You know, okay. if this were me, if I had a problem like this in my workplace, I would hope someone else would help me. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like. My whole mentality is that if you have the ability to do at least something to further a person's equity, okay, Uh to make them be able to be established better in the community and society, economically, societally, doesn't matter. If you have that ability and you're not doing anything with that ability to help somebody, Mm -hmm. you're almost, if not worse, than the people that are making those inequities. Actually, you're part of the inequity, and it pisses me off. Like, I just, I can't, I can't fathom. Any other way you could look at this, I mean, okay, I can see how other perspectives can be seen. It's just to me, it personally hurts so badly because I know how people and friends are going to have it be affected by this type of sort of thing, you know? I mean, it's not like this is the only bill that just got passed. I mean, look at the look at the new health care bill for God's sakes. I mean, that's just that's just it's, literally the same story. It's Old, probably going to die in the Senate. Well, yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's probably it might gonna not. Die. I mean, we can hope it does. It might not, but it probably will. Well, I mean, I think it's just a message being portrayed to America right now. It's like, yeah, we really don't care about the workers. We well, don't that's, ca- all, that's always been the message portrayed by America, <laughs> except when FDR was in office. Oh, good old FDR. We need another what Franklin Delano Roosevelt. That's for sure. Is it Delano or Delano? Delano. I always thought it was Delano. What was his what Well, was his because his name? last name starts with an R, so everyone says Delano Roosevelt. Oh. <laughs> oh. What, what was his? That, that Elysian. 
uh, what, what was his wife's name? Um, Eleanor. That's where I'm. Eleanor. Eleanor. Delano. Delano. Eleanor. All right. So. Note to self, if I want to become famous, marry someone who doesn't have a similar name to me because it's going to mess up everything. Yeah. yeah. No DaVita for you. <laughs> no DaVita! DaVita! <laughs> but no, back onto the health care bill. So the health care bill was just passed by the, by the House and it needs to go through the Senate. Now, here's the thing. Before we get into the details of how crappy this bill is, personally, okay? Okay. I first want to put it out there that the majority of Republicans didn't really support this bill in a philosophical standpoint. They did it purposely yeah, as a political uh -huh. maneuver. And here's why. As Tim said, the bill itself will most likely, as it was passed in the House, not be passed in the Senate. It'll mm -hmm. probably be changed and have to be re-voted on in the House. Okay, So literally, they could have had anything, and they did have pretty much anything and everything in that bill that was passed in the House, and they would pass it just for bravado, just for saying... Trump's 100 no, days. Yeah, that's it. We that's it. did it. We, actually, we finally got the passing of the bill. We are. We, we, we earned our, our, our pork and freaking yeah. beef. No, like, that's exactly it. Trump wants a win. It's so... Even though that, this bill... This is not a game show. This is not a sports team. This is a country with millions and millions of people. And you literally, you literally are just trying to save face. Yeah, like, I don't... That, what, is this the state of politics where we're just trying to be the most popular Instagram user? Yeah. On, Look, I'm not... Just, I'm really not the most anti-Trump guy out there. I'm really not. But I don't believe he has any idea of what's in this bill. At all. No, I, no, yeah, I don't think anybody I does. I think it's like 2,000 pages. Um, well... You know, there's so many laws out there. Any bill is going to be that long nowadays. That was all. That's always a Republican talking point. This bill must be bad. It's so long. There's so many laws and things that every new law interacts with that any bill passed is always just going to be long. Well, from what I've been but reading... But I mean, it's an understandable bill. I understand it. From what I've been reading... Okay, first off, they're taking away the stipulation in the Affordable Health Care Act that said that any pre-existing conditions are annulled when it comes sort to... Sort of. I believe that they, can't, they cannot deny you health insurance for a pre-existing condition, but they can charge you more. See, that's not... That's just stupid. I find that... Listen to me. If in the it's stupid in the philosophy of what universal health care should oh, be. Oh yeah, okay. but, it's, but we don't have universal health care. I'm well aware Obamacare of this. Obamacare wasn't universal. I didn't healthcare. say Obamacare was universal. If, okay, I'm listen, saying listen, it was listen. a it was an, it was it was in a step in the direction to start having it that way. Okay, though. but let let me say this, and I support universal health care. But if you're going to so have I. a so-called free market health care system, it a million percent makes sense that you wouldn't cover pre-existing conditions. No, of conditions. course not. But that's not the point, though. Like, are we trying to go backward in trying to help provide? Well, that's what health? the Republicans are trying well, to do. Yes, essentially. So, so uh, viewers, all right. So here's what I've here's what I've heard. So, a one thing is happening, and that is that the stipulation to have any pre-existing conditions are being removed, and so much so that it is you can get health insurance. It's just that you're going to get charged more if you're already having a pre-existing condition. You know what? One of the pre-existing conditions that I saw on the health care bill, Tim? What's that? Pregnancy. Okay. So that's right. So if you are expecting or if you are pregnant, you are now going to get charged more for your health insurance if you're trying to apply for some. Well, excuse me, Tim, but I didn't know that having a child on the way was equivalent to having cancer. You okay, know, I, wait, wait, go wait, ahead, wait, go wait, ahead. Wait, you know what? Maybe it is. Maybe it is to these fat cat bureaucrats, okay? These, right. these bourgeois, okay? Ooh. God forbid the lowly class Bourgeoisie. reproduces and has more children so that our factories have to produce more things or, or, or that they have more people to be on the fields to make the grain that makes their fine... Liqueurs, like I just, I just, 
All the kids on the liquor grain farms. That's <laughs> that's what you're thinking about. I'm just. It's just. It's just. When I when I read that and I saw that, I just I just you know one of the big reasons why I really didn't support Trump in the end of the day. What's that? Okay, it was his anti female rhetoric. Okay, I, I I mean everything he said, like a lot of the things he said, like it was like ah oh, he's a white guy, so probably he's a racist, right? So I, I expected that to happen. More regardless. this postmodern stuff. From okay, me, no, 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 no. But but like there are certain things I could swallow in this in the degree as long as he's not advocating for something really out there, which I'm sure in many prospects prospects yes he was. But when he started with the with the with the with the rhetoric of of this anti female you know uh, pr- uh, practices and all the stuff that came about from that, I was like, you know what, I'm done. I don't need another rich playboy, you know, as my president. You know what I mean? Okay. Like as far as far as Obama went, well, okay? I mean, JFK was 100 percent a rich playboy, <laughs> but that was like 40, 50 years ago, and that was a completely different party. All and right. Point being, point being. Uh, when when that rhetoric started to come about, I was like, I'm done. I can't go behind. I can't in my own conscience. And then I don't want people trying to defend who they voted for. I don't want. That's not the point. That's not what I'm trying to make. The point is, in my own conscience, I couldn't do it. Just like I couldn't consciously vote for a, a, a dynasty like Hillary. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like I couldn't consciously do that. Like it's just the status quo. You just put a different party name on it. Okay, let me address this whole pregnancy angle. You're right. It sounds bad politically. It sounds bad. Like like you say, you yes. make the analogy. Oh, pregnancy is a pre-existing condition. It must be a disease. Yeah, you, you know. The child okay. in their womb is a disease yeah, that's to what the it Republican Party. Like. Yes. Listen, again, if you're going to have a so-called free market or something approximating it in healthcare where individuals sign up for their own healthcare plans from private companies, of course pregnancy is a pre-existing condition. Are you Okay, pregnancy. Yeah, it's a medical condition, right? Yeah, it will cause the insurer to incur medical costs, right? So, of course, it makes sense that if you're pregnant and then while you're pregnant, you decide to sign up for a new health care plan, yeah, that's a pre-existing condition. That's not something that's being insured against in the future. That's something you have now. So, of course, it would be, and in the context of individuals buying private health insurance, should be considered a pre-existing condition. You know, in a, uh, you know, argumental syllogism, an illogical syllogism. Okay, you, syllogism. Yeah, I know. You are absolutely correct. Uh-huh. I guess what the problem is, not I guess, no, this is the problem. Okay, here's the problem. No. The problem is that we are working under this framework where individuals buy their own health insurance at a certain time from a private company. And that's the, prob- that's the problem. And that's the problem. We are trying to get to a point now where we want to have everyone it, being insured. Yes. You, you see the ER? It costs uh-huh. more money. I mean, I think everybody in the world... Folk, okay, this... Two standpoints. Here's two oh, standpoints. Oh, by the way, let me just say two one standpoints. thing. Two standpoints. Uh, Donald Trump tweeted the other day about how much better Australia's healthcare system is than ours. <laughs> and I'm assuming that they're universal. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Uh-huh. So here's here, here's the two, two-pronged idea of this. One is... Economically, it makes more sense for people to be insured. Oh, definitely. For the long run, period. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just found out my insurer actually covers my gym membership. Hadur, that makes a lot of sense because if I'm working out being healthy and doing healthy lifestyle choices, my 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 expectancy to get sick or to use yes, the doctor decreases. And you, decreases. So give me that $200. I'm going to pump some iron in LA Fitness, get some gains going oh, on. Oh, I like, see it. I see, see it. it. Yeah. Yeah. See. yeah. You he's, notice? He's flexing right now, look, ladies bro. and gentlemen. Yeah, look, bro. That's what I do. Oh, no. He's, he's taking it <laughs> all off. <laughs> that's the hey wait, wait what uh, anyhow but so that's 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 um, topic that's argument number one excuse okay. me All number right. two is morally 
it, uh-huh. it's, it's it's the moral thing to do. You're correct. Help somebody. Help people who are less fortunate. Being able to provide people the ability to not die from freaking cough syrup overdoses you're, or you're, whatever you wait, do. What? What, wait, I don't know what people go to the hospital for. I don't know. I know we. I know you used to have that problem, David. I, I know the I cough syrup no, addiction. I, know, man. <laughs> I, I, I overcame that part of my life too. Nice. I'm trying to forget. No, no. But honestly, like for common ailments, I think it's important for us as a as a society. I would want as a society to go into that direction. But bills like this, politicians like this, who only vote on bills so that they look good, so that their constituents, their okay. They're constituents, oh, okay? Yeah. Not to insult anybody. Okay, let, for let any, me, go ahead, go ahead. Long, but, but just so that they're constituents, as if they are the most biggest important things in the world, which we are because we are part of the American populace. Uh-huh. However, however, you shouldn't be doing it for that reason. You have been, you have been issued. You've been issued a responsibility to be the caretaker of a country. You, there's only 300 and odd people or 400 odd people in the House and 100 in the Senate. That's not a lot of people. Hmm. And you're just doing it like it's some stupid popularity contest for mean girls? Like, I just I just cannot fathom whom would think that would be a good idea. I'm just so livid over these two Speaking bills Speaking of today, constituents. I'm just, I'm just saying, yes. This new health care bill, you know who it helps the most? Who? Urban young people. Why you is know, this? You know who it hurts the most? Who? Rural old people. Go on. Which one of those is Donald Trump's constituency? <laughs> He's going to support this bill and say it's the best thing ever, and it hurts rural old people. Literally the reason he's president, rural old people. Right, exactly. How many urban young people voted for Donald Trump? <laughs> 17. Really? 17? 17, 17%? Se- no, 17. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I would believe it. I would believe it. But I think, too, you know, I think that puts up a very interesting point about regionalism in America in general. Just the. No, yo, that's the one problem with America. It's too big. We need to split it up. <laughs> no, I mean it. It's, it doesn't work like this. No country this big can work. I mean, even if you look at something like Russia, which is bigger than us, most of it's they don't just have tundra. that many regions. Yeah, it's, most of it's just tundra. I mean, most of where their population is is in an area, you know, not that much bigger than like France. Right, right. What is the big. We got the, so we're not the biggest country China is, right? Russia is the biggest, I think. Oh, geographically, right? Yeah, geographically. I mean, population-wise, population China, China, India. I think number three is Indonesia. Huh. Well, that would be Indonesia. Some... Uh, no, well, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're, we're definitely number three. All right, we're number three. Then I think Indonesia. Then maybe Brazil. Yeah, we got a lot of people. We got a lot of people. We got know? 300 million. And a lot of them we're are big. Ed- a lot of educated individuals. You know what I mean? So uh-huh. you're you're post- you're postulating that it's impossible to really rein in an America absolutely because it's just definitely. too damn big. And that you think you should just break us up. Okay, a country is all about people coming together and having enough, you know, cultural, regional similarities to agree on what they want to do with their laws, right? Right, right. right. America can't do that. It's not possible for us to do that. Well, 50% of Americans are rural-based, and the other 50, I think, are city-based. So uh-huh. we're like, like the city ones are like crabs to the shore. Like That's where a lot of the population, the most countries oh, yeah, are. And then time. the rest uh-huh. of the 50% are all scattered in the middle. Have you ever read the book or even heard of it, Albion's Seed? No, I have not. It's about I've heard of Algernon. Algernon, okay. okay. <laughs> not at all close to that. Okay. Anyway, it's about how all the regional differences in America are all basically linked to the immigration patterns of hundreds of years ago. Hmm. Like you have the Scots-Irish who settled in the south. You have the um, Puritans who settled in the north. You have the you know large Midwest, which, is, which was mostly populated by German immigrants. Mm. 
So it's really all about how all the um, regional differences trace to very old immigration patterns. Now, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, that's kind of how it usually works. So then you got a lot of Bosnians in like St. Louis area because uh-huh. after I think the Bosnian genocide in the 1990s, I think under yeah, the Clinton yeah. administration, yep. he had uh, had refugees sent to the middle of the America. Uh, I think the Vietnamese, the Koreans, like a lot of the a lot of a lot of the wars or catastrophes that happened during ages. They said, "All right, where are the developed areas that we need to have people go?" Like Oklahoma, uh-huh. for God's sakes, we moved everybody from the moved a lot of Native Americans uh-huh. from the East Coast. I think it was Jefferson who did this. Yeah. he forcibly moved. This was no Jackson. Jackson did this. Yes, uh, yes, that's it was, right. This was a trail of tears. A so Donald he, Trump favorite. <laughs> he they forcibly moved Native Americans. I think from the south, uh, southeast. Yeah, yeah, and then pushed uh-huh. them to the west the trail of tears the trail of tears right right and then that's where they founded oklahoma which actually translates to land of the red people to be honest with you oh really i kid you not not, by the way did you hear the um recent donald trump quote no what was that nobody ever talks about this but why did the civil war happen (laughs) what is he talking about he like went on this diatribe like (laughs) andrew jackson he had a big heart he could see that it was coming If it were up to him, there wouldn't be any civil war. No one knows why this happened. Why did it have to happen? Andrew Jackson was an interesting character. In oh, general. big time! Like, let's you know, let's let's be completely transparent from the first, start. First, um, first president elected under universal male suffrage. Go figure. Yeah, that's a Jacksonian um, Jeffersonian democracy. Hmm. That's no, why yeah, they call yeah, it yep, that. Yep, yep. yep. Um, I mean, let's be completely very transparent. educational episode today. Yeah, right. I mean, let's be completely transparent though. I mean, this guy. Did pretty wrong by the Native American people with the Trail yeah. of Tears. However, reading the documentation, this is interpretable. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, I am not saying or espousing that what he did, and I actually I'm probably I'm more towards the side of what he did was probably just messed up, and it was. However, if you read the primary documents, it's quite interesting. He really did think he was doing the Native Americans a favor. He was uh-huh. worried of their extinction as a people. If and they that stayed was, around where new Americans were migrating to, and what would happen when they interacted with I, each other? Yes. I think I think because he, he said that look at the look at the Native Americans of Pennsylvania. They're, by that time, even by that time, it was like 1852, was it? Oh, I, I think guess. that's one of fifty something around there. That's when he was around, um, or earlier than that, I think. But <sighs> I'm pretty sure our viewers can date our they'll, listeners they'll can date check up. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah. Either case, he he saw that there were no Native Americans left in Pennsylvania, so he was saying if we move them from where they belong, okay, uh-huh. and we're there for millennia, and put them into a, bl- a land in the middle of nowhere, we're It'll doing them fine. a favor. You know. Obviously messed up. We shouldn't uh-huh. allow. It. However, I think he knew that you know these these people are coming in. They're probably not going to take them take care of them very well. And because of this, or treat them well as neighbors. And because of this, he was trying to be, you know, somewhat amenable to that type of thing. Another fun fact about him too is that okay. I believe he married a married woman. His wife hmm. was actually had an estranged husband. No, no wonder Donald Trump likes him. <laughs> His wife had an estranged husband who was extremely abusive, and I think he fell in love. Uh, Jackson fell in love with this woman, and a long story short, he had to go through a lot of legal fees to get through the divorces. Back then, it was all messed up. Oh yeah, and actually, during his presidency, uh, I think it was muckrakers. Or was it? What's the word they muckrakers? Those Muck- are like journalists yeah. who 
Yeah, muckrakers. Rake muck. Yeah, no, muckrakers were yeah, the ones... Yeah, they rake muck. You know, rake muck, dirt. Yeah, I They know. rake it all yeah. over the place. They're, they're tabloidists, I get yes. it. Yes. So the point is, is that they th- those during his election were saying his wife was like a prostitute. Oh, or boy. She was a, she was a, a, a woman of ill repute uh-huh. because he she she fell in love with Jackson yeah. but when I she mean, was already married. Yeah. It was interesting. Even mm. back then, it was all messed up. And I mean, up. The, the establishment types hated Jackson. Oh, they hated Jackson's wife, too. But even their, their wives hated his wife because his wife wasn't very good at throwing parties and uh. <laughs> I kid you, I'm not screwing with you. Like yeah, back I can then, imagine. Like she that was, was a big deal. She was, and he always apologized to her, saying, "I'm so sorry, I'm putting you in this Aww. political limelight." And then when she died, I mean, people were sad, but his political supporters, like in the in the in the, pol- in the pol- in politics and everything, were, they were like, glad to be rid of her because she was such a detriment to his 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 running his, yeah. his political uh-huh. his political campaign. But for the rest of his life, you know, again, Jackson, interesting fella, carried a locket. Of her picture with him until the day he died. How nice! Crazy, isn't it? Like, full three can circle. Like, I, I mean, granted, like we, we're, we're romanticizing Jackson now. Like, I, I don't even know how we got to that point where we were talking about Donald Trump being a, you know, and his and his entourage being terrible, and then Jackson was just as bad against Native Americans. Uh-huh. But there's always another side of the story, albeit with rose-colored glasses. But it's interesting to put in perspective because at the end of the day, yes, these politicians are humans. They're gonna make mistakes, okay? Mm-hmm. But we. As citizens need to point it out. We need to point it out to them. Regardless, I get it. I'm not saying they're demons. The uh-huh. bourgeois, all these individuals, they're not terrible people, okay? They're not, I'm sure, have, they have good qualities. However, we need to do our part, viewers, okay? When we see something we don't like in our politics, we got to talk about it. I'm not talking about starting a podcast like Tim and I. It doesn't really matter. Don't start any more podcasts. <laughs> I'm saying, like, when you're around people, talk to them about it. Like, Conjecturally, you don't have to be the most astute individual to say, I don't like this because, or I do like this because. I mean, I feel like that's the problem with the discourse in America. And I think that's also why Trump got into the White House, because neoliberals kept on saying, if you say this, you're a racist. If yes. you say this, oh, this yeah. you're a terrible uh-huh. person. You, how dare you? How dare you be a, a person who is, is, is voting for a Republican? That must mean you're terrible. I think neoliberalism and the people that espouse those type of ideas were the reasons why people are like, you know what? you you know what i mean like i'm going to do what i want to do and so be it if the world burns you know what i mean i think that's where they shot themselves in the foot and i think in the long story of that is that for me personally like let's continue that conversation and you know maybe we're gonna have a great conversation about how andrew jackson had a had a had a thing for for married women i don't know wow you're going hard today david (laughs) i'm telling you that pink shirt is bringing the blood out of you pink shirt can you read the pink shirt to our listeners girls do not need a prince this thing fits me great by the way, like, look at this. I just, I'm just loving he's, it. He's so, admiring himself, yeah, I'm, ladies I'm, I'm, and gentlemen. We should take a picture of this for the for the for the viewers to see on our on our on our on our social media accounts. Speaking okay. of which, yes, our social media accounts. Okay. So again, everybody, I want you all to uh, take a look at our Facebook page, the Tim and uh, Dave Show podcast. Um, like it, subscribe to it, do whatever. Put a comment down. We'd love to hear. All the things that you have to say, you know, I, we already have a lot of feedback, and it's great. We appreciate it. Um, our Patreon account is the Tim and Dave Show podcast Patreon. Uh, if you want to support us financially, that'd be great. If not, please spread the word. Tell your friends about us. Subscribe to our iTunes account. Everything. Uh, our YouTube channel has really fun teasers of every episode that we're having. Uh, we're also going to be putting up the transcripts with the audio on YouTube as well. It's the Tim and Dave Show. Please subscribe. Uh, in addition to that, you can always find us on iTunes, the Tim and Dave Show as well. If you're listening to us now, you're probably on there already. Yep. So, And remember, viewers, next week airline special episode 
<laughs> nothing but flying talk. <laughs> Airlines, airports. It's not like we've ever rabbits. done that before. You're going to hear all about it. Tim is being facetious. So I think we, we've nailed that topic down to a T. Um, but, you know, thank you all for listening. It's been a pleasure doing the podcast today. I'm, I was pretty heated. I got pretty stoked, Tim. I'm just, I can see it. I'm just, I'm You're just, still... It's all that creatine, man. I'm just going big. <laughs> just going crazy. Yeah, I know. Going crazy. But, uh, but no, thank You're you all. You're gesticulating. I'm just... <laughs> He's gesticulating, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> gesticulating. Um, but again, thank you all for listening, everybody. Uh, thank you all for, so much for your support, too. It's, it's, been, it's been great doing this. This is Tim. And this is Dave. And this is the Tim and Dave Show. Take care, everyone. Bye.